This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Up there, <laughs> I'm there for the pack out. You just got to pack me in. Committed to the bow early on. Like, I love getting close and putting up. You cover a range of stuff on here, too, right? Like, we call this the uh, the THP World Headquarters. You know, my grandpa Roy Weatherby. I came into like that golden little pocket where there was like four or five different bowls. Just you're Canadian. We're doing yeah, a Canadian I... podcast. My name's Douglas Bowe. I'm Robbie Denning. Royal Canada. <laughs> They're getting mad at the kids and they thought, yeah, shit, I was drinking down here again. It was me. Fucking kids. Oh, oh wait. That, that was me. No. I don't I don't get into the hot chocolate too much. Um it's funny, a couple of weeks ago I came home for lunch. Um it's just one of those days, just you know, long day, tired. Came home oh. for lunch. I look over at our uh, our shoe rack, and I was like, "Fuck are my sandals again!" I said, Did that kid take them? He always takes them, but he's got size thirteen feet, like, and I got size eleven, and he says they fit, and I'm like, "They don't fit, dude." I said they're two inches too small. <laughs> No, they fit perfect. I was like, yeah, but they don't fit me anymore. <laughs> yeah, they anyway, stretch the shit out of them. Anyway, so this is, he's already worn them a couple times. I gave him shit for it. I came home. I look, looking over there. What the hell? I'm like, that son of a bitch. So I text Evie, you know, I was like, that freaking kid, he took my sandals again, said he stretched. I know he's stretching them out. They're going to be screwed. I got to get new ones. Son of a bitch. Just got them. And then I pause and I'm like, wait a minute. This is after I've already sent the text, by the way. Did I wear my sandals to work today? <laughs> <laughs> I wore nice. them. It wasn't even him. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. I do that all the time. Oh, man. Everybody gets blamed for, for it. Fix it. 
That's better. My next uh, office is definitely going to be better podcast lighting. What would you prefer? Like Just a something dimmer switch not, or something? Well, well, no, that light right above me, it shines right down on my face. Oh, well, I got I got you. I got you. So it just glares. Yeah, we're still. So what's in. up, man? Did you look at the LEHs? I got to, I've got to go put in the rest of ours. I've put in for one. I haven't put in for my goat yet. What did but you I put in get for? Just the moose around here. Same one Evie got last year. I just started the group thing so I could send it off to everybody. Oh, yeah. But I've been so swamped. It's like we haven't sat down to decide who's with who because. Yeah. Greg, my hunting partner, his two kids have their core this year. Oh, yeah, that's nice. So, so we just kind of decide. I'd rather have three groups of three or something like that. So you get the double moose tags if you do draw. Yeah. Instead of just going in for two and then you only get, or two people and then you only get one tag. Yeah, that's nice. So we just got to sit down and figure that out. I just, I haven't had a chance. It's been mayhem around here. So, yeah, I put in for myself, I put in for region eight sheep. Okay. Region four goat. Uh, what else did I put in for? That's it. And I'm okay. gonna put in for the group moose. Nice. Same same two uh, yahoos I went in with last year. Of course. Yeah. Maybe you I, can. Maybe you can not break down so much this time, and hey get man, your moose. I still got my moose. I know. Nice to you get your moose and not have all that shenanigans happening. Yeah. So, and I'm going to put Wyatt with my dad. Oh, nice. And a buddy who's never gotten a draw. Not just never gotten a moose draw. Never gotten a draw. Period. Period. I'm like, how many times? How long have you? When did you start putting in for draws? He's like, oh, like 2014 or 2012. Oh, wow. So well, like I guess it depends ago. on what you're putting in for. because He only puts in for moose. Okay. But I put I... Wyatt in for that youth mule deer. He's region eight youth meal deer doe draw oh okay so he's gonna try to get one with his bow he said if he gets it sweet i put him in for elk nice goat and region eight sheep Ray got region eight elk. goat and region eight sheep super do you have him in for elk region eight region eight okay yeah everything's region eight for him so nice and close yeah, no doubt. Yeah, the youth get some pretty cool draws. Well, that's good. Gives them some opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, happy about that. No doubt. I'm looking at this region four goat. There's some draws that are crazy. Like this one's 0.7 to 1. So basically, like, you put in we're, for it, you get it. Four of which? Like where we're about some region there, four here? There's one, well, 424, 427, yeah, there's 431. There's a, there's a lot of one to ones. Yeah. Well, even mine's not bad here. Mine's like 2.4 or something like that, 2.6. We pretty much get it every other year. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. But the goats aren't the same as they used to be either around here. I mean, there's goats. I can tell you where they are, but whether there's something that you actually want to take or not. So, yeah. That's all. Yeah, that's all I, I looked at so far. I was kind of looking into the. Um, Buffalo, all way up north, Pink Mountain and stuff. Yeah, they're all Pink Mountain, I think. Yeah, let me look again. All up there, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see uh, 
what's left up there with all the fires happening right now. Oh, dude. Lake Fort St. John. I don't know if they actually evacuate. I haven't had time today to look and see if they actually evacuated Fort St. John yet. Yeah. But I know they were under under watch. Like, it's it's crazy. Here's that uh, black bear. Yeah. 61 to, 61 to 1. Yeah, 742. So, bison only. Reason gotcha. for but it it's October all the way to the end of January, different draw dates. So it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be different, that's for sure. Yeah. That's good, man. Either sex. Man, this like these late season ones, they're giving up 50. Well, I was putting in for a Cal Walk draw up there too. Oh yeah. But I don't know if that's gonna happen right now. You, Evie, you Evie guys had got it. one, didn't you? Evie got one last year, but we didn't bother going up because we got the moose. Like, there's no point in driving all the way up there for a cow, cow elk. Yeah. You know, when we got our moose. So, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. But it'll be interesting to see, like I say, fire-wise, where our friends are up there. Like, it's a lot of that private properties. Those late season, those yeah. late season hunts are a lot of private you know, farmland and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's a little bit different. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Like what are we May 17th dude? And it is already like, oh. you can't go outside smoky right now. Yeah. Been like 25 to 30 degrees every day for the last week and a half. Yeah. Well here we were hitting like 34 degrees. That's nuts. And now it's just smoke. Yeah, we had a huge so, storm, lightning storm the other night, last night. So I don't doubt that we're going to have a bunch of fires around us right now, too. Oh, man. It's and so it's early to be talking about forest fires. Oh. Like, it's one thing if we're having this conversation like June or like July, August. Yeah. But like you think, like, man, this could realistically, like, we've had to deal with this stuff, this smoke till the end of September. So, like, oh. man, we could have another, you so know, three years ago. June, July, August, September. We could have another four and a half months of this. Yeah, it was yeah. not last year. Last year was good. Yeah. Year before was pretty bad. There's some the cover before really that, bad. Yeah. There was two in a row. There was one that was like you yeah. could taste it. Like it was hard to go outside. Mm-hmm. I couldn't actually, there was quite a bit of the summer. I actually couldn't even sit outside after work and enjoy a beer in the in the front lawn because it, it was just like eating smoke. It was disgusting. Oh, dude, it's it's so hard and like going bear hunting like man it's like it's tough yeah like there's zero visibility right yeah now. it's kind of hard to be glass and hillsides and stuff and yeah that's see I, a couple hundred yards ahead of you no but i mean like i'm still going this weekend fucked up knees and all bum knees <laughs> that's plural, <laughs> but I'm just gonna call. that's plural not just one on rehab. Now we have two. Yeah. Dude, I was so hap- happy when I went and got it looked at the other day. Yeah. I had to go to the hospital to get it looked at. I called the doctor and they're like, oh, we can get you in, in June. I'm like, what? <laughs> Fuck is that? Like June. So yeah. I went to the I went to the hospital and I was like, you gotta look at my knee, it's killing me. And they're like, okay, just parsley dislocated and it swelled up. It was full of fluid. That's why it was looked like it looked like a water balloon in there so they yeah. drained it told me to ice and stay off it for a week i said well how about three days i'll give you three days <laughs> so 
Oh man. <laughs> Here at first, I, I, th- I thought you were just coming up with an excuse at first, just wrapping your leg up and sending me a picture and just trying to get out of like the 3D shoot and everything. Oh fuck, dude! He's just coming up with excuses, but then I was like, "Damn, that sucks." No, so like, if I was gonna give you any excuse, and like, I'm not one for you'll never hear me give you an excuse ever, like, ever. I I could sit here and say because for the folks listening, I recently when it was at August 27th or not August, the April 27th, I had hey dude, nice cup by the way. I'm looking at that, let's oh. see that. Badass. Mm-hmm. It's a Yeti too, eh? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, it was so good till you turned it around and said Hoyt on it. Oh, yeah. Let's just do that. Let's zoom in on that, baby. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, my eye surgery. So I've had I've had issues like I can't, I just cannot wear contacts anymore. And I have to wear glasses, and the glasses fucking drive me nuts. So I decided to go get laser LASIK surgery on my eyes. And everything went good. Left eye is money. My right eye is pretty much shit. So I went again today for my follow-up, and they said, well, there's nothing they can do till three months, which is what they told me at the beginning. They said they might have to do some touch-up, some tweaking. Tweaking. Buff that shit up. (laughs) Some wax in it. You come down here, I'll get some turtle wax in there. I'll get the buffing machine. I'll get that eyeball all good. Yeah, so what I've had to learn to do is I had to teach my eyes again to shoot differently. And for me, it's pretty easy because I shoot with both eyes open anyway. It's just, so what I'm doing now is I'm actually looking at the target with my left eye and focusing on the pin with my right eye. Yeah, And it's really hard to do. Like, it's easy to sit there and focus on, like, either the target and have the pin go blurry and kind of fall in front of it or have the target go blurry and the pin bright, right? Depending on how far yeah. you're shooting. Like if you're shooting close distances, I don't think it makes any difference. <clears throat> like I think if you're just shooting 30 yards or like 20 yards, you know, having the target, the target is not going to be that blurry because it's not that far away. So you can focus on your pin and still see pretty clearly the pin or sorry, the target and the pin at the same time. But like I shoot 70, 70 yards just normally. So had to retrain my eyes and it's hard like it's it's funny because like i could shoot a bit and then my eyes would get tired like i was telling you it's like man it's it's a weird feeling like you literally your eyes are like fucking your eyes are sore it feels like you've been glassing looking through your binoculars for eight hours well at least your groups are starting to yeah they're getting way tightening up which you can definitely see the progression of it yeah because when i was sending to you those Remember that first picture I sent you? So kind of reminds me of that meme you always see just before September or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's a twenty-yard target, and you got like a you know two-foot span of arrows everywhere, and you got one that's in the target properly. And you're like, oh yeah, dialed in, dialed in for hunting, dialed in, good to go. Yeah. So I got <laughs> I got a two-foot by two-foot target, and like literally the arrows were like on all three corners of the target. Yeah. <laughs> I shot that? three arrows, but now yeah. they're down to. I don't know what was that last picture I saying. They're pretty tight wow. now. I'd say two two inches. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a tight group. So Every, you'd be anybody would be happy with it. Yeah. So um, that's good. Yeah, it's definitely it was definitely a learning curve. It was frustrating. 
No. Because like you don't have to like the shooting is one thing, right? Like my everything through my draw cycle is going to be the same. So I'm not working on any any of the fundamentals or like any of the mechanics of my shot process. It's just the focusing of my eyes. And luckily I've always not not always, but I, I do shoot, I've always shot. Sorry, I haven't always shot, but for a long time I've shot with both eyes open, which makes it a lot easier because it's really hard to it's really hard to initially go from shooting with one eye to two eyes if you yeah. don't naturally do it. I, I know, like I know for myself it was, and I know a lot of people I talk to, it's really hard to make that like to get it to where you can shoot with both eyes open. I haven't been able to do it yet. Still practice. But yeah. yeah, it, it, it just takes practice, yeah. But okay, so here's a question for you with the, with your eyes rehabilitating as well as the rest of your body. Um, <laughs> you're telling me today that the smoke is rolling into Kelowna. Did you shoot today at all? I'm just wondering how the smoke's affecting your eyes. Like I haven't shot yet. No, it, okay. it hurts my eyes for sure. Okay. I had to uh I got to put drops in like a lot okay. of drops, but like for my left eye, I was like, fuck, like why couldn't my left, my right eye be like my left eye? My left eye is money. Like I can yeah. see, I can see close. And that, well, the funny thing is I can still, they said I, I might not be able to see up close, but I still can. Like I can read my cell phone. No problem. I can see far like my left eye. It's, it's better than it was with glasses on. It's crystal. It's just a shame. It like, if I had to pick one eye to be better, obviously I'd want my right eye. Yeah. But they now the thing is like, like obviously I'm not retarded. Like these are all things that they go through um, before you do it, right? Obviously it's a risk. Like, yeah. Um, and they said, you know, this is quite common. There's a chance that you might have to get redone. I know my uncle got it done and he had to go back and get his eye touched up again. And then after that, it was fine. Well, if so. you can see the difference of what your one eye should be like now that your left eye is good. I mean, you got, you know, on a positive note, it's like, well, when it does get fixed, hopefully it is just like your left eye and you're going to be, I mean, yeah, be be pumped then. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's still like, I still is, it's still awesome to not have to wear glasses. Like I wake up in the yeah. morning. I don't have to like, fuck man. I got like six pairs of glasses and I can never find any of them. Like, I, like just. So dementia, two bad knees. Yeah. Bad elbow, bad elbows, bad eyes. Yeah. Unless you're listening. My listen's money, dude. I hear everything. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. you got one thing going for you then. What's that? You got one thing going for you then. <laughs> just, just, I was trying to grasp onto something for you here, positive as your old age. So, yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. We can create, man. We can sit here for an hour and a half and go over all the shit you got going on too. Everything's fixed up 100% yeah. here. I'm ready. Hey, to how do you feel? I got a question for you now. How yeah. have you felt since you started working out again? Like, how really? do you feel now? Because you've been, how long have you been doing it now? I like haven't regularly. stopped. So, well, I haven't stopped since your 30 day challenge. I can't remember when the hell that was. That was in, in January? And February. January. End of yeah. January. Yeah, it wasn't like a it's New Year's February. resolution thing. Kevin just came up with this 30 day, 30, 30 minutes and 30 days. And I never stopped. I still try and there's there's days like today I might like after this podcast I may not have time for a workout but um work was a workout today at least bare minimum um I'll be doing you know 20 minutes of stretching or something like that like I'm either working on my flexibility which is going to help out with everything else afterwards anyway um but I'm I'm working out five days a week probably 
There's usually a day in there that's just so slammed that it's like it's a stretching day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It is what it is. I'm not trying to do seven. I just try to find that half an hour. Yeah. And it's like once I start, I'm I'm not doing heavy weights. I'm just doing medium weights and I'm doing them till basically my legs are jello. Last night I did chest and I I couldn't do another push up by the time I was done. I just, I couldn't, couldn't lift. I basically crawled out the door. So it's like done, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not looking at bulking up. I'm just looking at enhancing what do you call it? The old man strength basically and keeping every, everything's together. My joints aren't hurting. Yeah. Were they hurting before? Like I said, something that's improved. Especially in, yeah, weather changes and stuff. Yeah. I feel it in my joints and stuff like that. And I'm not feeling it yeah. as much, you know, I, yeah, I just, I don't hurt. I haven't been able to get out and hike as much. Just I've had lots of other responsibilities I've had to take, kind of prioritize, but I've still been exercising, but I haven't been out hiking like I normally do. Um, That'll come here shortly. I'm just kind of wrapping up a few projects and uh, events for the Rod and Gun Club and that. So I'm going to focus in on that stuff first. But uh, I, yeah, it's from a guy who's kicked the shit out of his body his whole life. Should have listened to the older people who said you shouldn't do that. Yeah, but now um, it's too fucking late. That's the problem. Yeah. But saying that, I feel like a million bucks now, not having to go to the gym and get a membership. It's all at home. Yeah. You know, I've got friends who have lent me some uh, some dumbbells until I get uh, my set from you there when you bring them up in, yeah. in July. And uh, yeah, I feel I feel amazing. And doing something every day, forcing myself to do it, even when I definitely don't want to, I find I have more energy on the average day now than I did before. Yeah. yeah. Just getting my mind into it and going ahead with it. I feel. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I that's one thing I love good. about like training and like even like running and stuff. And like, it doesn't matter. Like you'd have to do what you like. And like, it's like obviously this, everything that we're doing is going to help and improve our hunting trips in the backcountry and help all that stuff. But like, just like getting out of bed, it helps huge. Yeah. Like, stretching helps huge like i would hate to see what i felt feel like if i didn't do that like oh yeah i'd be in such rough shape but the thing i like about training and hunting is like like it's a roller coaster like some days you don't feel like training but you do it anyway right like most days i don't feel like training but like right now especially we're so busy at work but you just do it anyway right you just force yourself to like keep looking ahead keep you know just say okay i'll just get through this workout and then tomorrow i might feel better and it's like it just like it relates so much to like like just life in general like like right now you know what you could say like i'm on a i'm on the bottom end of, like i'm gonna what does my wife call it um oh fuck she calls it she's like i'm in a rut she always says right i'm always in a rut so like you could say i'm like that like fuck man i got i just had knee surgery my knee's not responding the way it should i fucked up my right knee my eyes aren't working good, right? You know what I mean? Like we're swamped at work. I don't have enough guys. Like everything, everything is kind of like, it sucks right now. Right. But that's it, like, you just keep pushing through and you know, it's going to get better. And that's the thing. Like, like when you're running, like you get, you, you, you say you were going a 10 kilometer run and like you get to foot kilometer five and like, holy fuck, I can't go another step. But you just keep pushing, keep pushing. And then all of a sudden you don't feel so bad. And it's the same with yeah. working out. Right or training and that's why I like like you just like you said you just do it on days where you don't like to do it and then 
you know, it just forces you to push through it and keep pushing, not quit. And then, but that life's like that, man. Like, especially like with work and business and like being self-employed is especially like that you have such highs and lows. Yeah. You can relate a lot of that, you know, a lot of that, like your training through, through life. The other thing I find too, is my sleep is a lot better. Yeah. My body's not all tensed up. It's loosened up, especially with the flexibility and stuff like that. My back used to hurt, you know, halfway through the night that would keep me up rolling around just because my back would be sore. Um, That's pretty rare now. Usually it's just solid sleeps. Normally I'm up before my alarm even goes up. Like today I was up at quarter after six. I'm not even Mm -hmm. getting up till seven o'clock normally right now. Yeah. It's like, all right, top yeah, you're getting bed and started more working quality on sleeps. Yeah. Yeah. And started doing some minutes for our next rod and gun club meeting, you know, yeah. it's six 15 in the morning, just like, well, got my sleep. I'm up. Good to go. Yeah, man. And that's the nice thing about when you're exhausted at the end of the day, like you just sleep so much better. And there's, there's a difference between getting like laying in bed for eight hours and sleeping three yeah. or laying in bed for like six hours and getting like good six hours of sleep. Yeah. Cause okay. like I, I don't lay in bed that long, but I feel like I get a good sleep in the time I do lay in bed. Like I don't, I kind of just like block all that shit out of my head. Like I can't do anything about it. Like work could used to like before work would keep me up for freaking hours. Right. And then finally I just learned like, you know what? I can't do anything about it laying here right away. So I just need to, I just need to block that shit right out of my mind completely. Cause it would keep yeah. me up forever. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, you might be laying in bed for eight, nine hours, but you're only sleeping three, but yeah, like, and that's the nice thing too, about working out is like, you you know, if you had to, you, you don't have to do it every day, but if you're just in a constant routine, sleep, all of a sudden sleep becomes part of your routine too. Yeah. Helps yeah. Well, there's time. a lot to it. Plus, yeah. it's going to help you lots in packing that big elk on September oh, 2nd. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. Elk and a moose. I'm going to get the moose draw this year. Are you? Yeah. I'm going to get a bigger one. I'm going to pass up everything until it's bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be like me passing up on that six point. Yeah. And then never seeing another another elk, another bull. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know what would be worse, shooting a... Don't get me wrong, people. I love my moose, but if I shot a smaller moose in Evie, I'd really, I'd probably hear about it more than if I, uh, if I didn't come home with one. I'm you almost calls. I think so. Oh yeah. She, she would guaranteed, she would want me to euro it, just to put it beside hers on the wall. Put it I'd between. Guarantee her. it. Put it between. You can just. <laughs> it should sit inside mine, honey. <laughs> Just the, you don't even need another wall mount. Just set it on top. It'll fit in between the antlers on my So, <laughs> okay, let's run through a couple of plays. You see, so you guys got what? Like, you guys have a sweet-ass moose drought there. So, September, you got what? Like, eight weeks or something, don't you? Six weeks? I got longer. I've got from September 1st to November 15th. Mm. But saying that, extremely hard to find them in the first three weeks of September. Yeah. They're just tucked up and yeah, they're like a lot of people, you'll picture your moose in your sloughs and all that kind of stuff. These things are timber moose. Yeah. These things will be locked up in some thick ass shit. You're just scratching your head as to how they get in there. I mean, they're there, but they really don't start moving until that third week of September. And then the rut begins. But you guys had this draw already, right? 
we had this one like five years ago and yeah, Evie wasn't hunting quite then. And uh, yeah. I didn't know at the time I was naive and I didn't actually know that we could archery hunt. It was when I was just a couple oh. of years into archery hunting, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I didn't actually know that we could hunt from September on. So we, I changed all my haul. I had this third week of September already booked off for elk and I switched it all to October 15th, which is the first day of rifle. Cause I thought that was the first day of the LEH. Right. I learned afterwards. No, I could have been hunting the whole time in, in both. Do you feel, do you feel that you were, you were cape? Like you just got into arch. Do you feel you would have been. I think so. Um, I, I think I would have just had to have gone the same, no different than elk would be like, all right, I might not be able to stretch it out to, you know, some farther distance, 60 yards per se, I might not have been comfortable with, but 40 yards. Yeah, no problem. I've always been comfortable with. So I'm I'm pretty sure it would have been like, that would have been my goal. Okay. You know, like locate. Now we got to get into this window and that's all there is to it. Like there's no second guessing. There's no anything else. That's my goal. 40 yards uh-huh. or less. Yeah. I, don't, I don't look at 60 yards as a failure. I'd be like, all right, we got to change something up next time. You got to learn from it. Right. Yeah. Um, but come mid-October, they are pretty much done their rut and they are, everything starts to freeze out here. So, and we don't get a lot of snow quite that time of year. The snow usually comes like end of October and stuff. So the ground is just hard. So it's really hard to find fresh or, you know, to know their fresh tracks, yeah. tracks. The afternoons are usually beautiful. So unless you're really paying attention to your area, um, or you're driving over old tracks that are softening up in the afternoon and you come back the next day and maybe there's tracks. It's the only way you're going to know if they're fresh. Cause it just, you know, it's freezing to minus 10 minus 12 at night. So it's taking till noon, noon, one o'clock for everything to even get warmed up and thawed out again. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough hunt when you, when you're past that point, but yeah, they're, they're really moving a lot, you know, third week, September to, I don't know, October 7th, even October 10th, basically. That's your, that's the rut here yeah. anyway. So. Yeah, I, I feel like I, we had the November drone. I feel that at the beginning, it seemed kind of shitty that we had that massive dump of snow. But I think what it was doing is because it, it just, at the higher elevations, it kept snowing. And it, it actually pushed the moose down lower. Gotcha. So it just took a while for them to get down to where, I was able to get into and you know obviously it worked out good but um yeah I kind of feel like it just there was a little bit of a delay because obviously I couldn't get I couldn't obviously access you know there was the snow was just too deep for me to hike into where they were it just took a little bit for them to slowly ease their way down it took a few weeks yeah I've and I've heard similar stuff out here too where you know, before, just before the snow goes, but after the rut, you look at the slides at the tops of the mountains and those suckers are like as high up as you can get. Yeah. They're just done all that are just on recuperation mode. Yeah. And a lot of guys are just like, there's no way I'm going to get up there like as far up as it is and pack it out without wrecking meat. Like that's how high up they, they're just any access to, you know, obviously if there's a road up there, it'd be a little different. You could cut your, your time in half, but yeah, yeah, such a grind in some of those spots. They just, they basically have to leave them. 
and just keep an eye on the area until they come down a little lower. Yeah. Cause yeah, that would, would a waste all that work. And then yeah. Have yeah. meat spoil on you. Not to be able to recover, but I mean, they're only going to be, you know, once they start getting chest high, they're going to start moving down slowly. And I think that's what was happening where I was hunting in the, you know, in November, we got that early snowfall, but it didn't snow a lot. It just snowed enough to stop my access from getting into the higher elevations. Yeah. But for them, you know, it could have been, I mean, it could have been over their knees, right? They still, yeah. it's not a huge deal. And then as it kept snowing, they just kept getting pushed down. And eventually, you know, in the higher elevations, it's snowing down below. It's not snowing as much. So eventually they just kept pushing them down to where, to where I was. Cause I was hunting the same, pretty much the same elevation, which was pretty much my max of where I could get in and out. Uh, yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I learned a lot this year, like, you know, looking back at the first hunt that we had, I learned some mistakes, mistakes yeah. and just, you know, different time of year, different type of hunt. And then I learned a lot doing the opposite this year about actually hunting the rut and, you know, some do's and don'ts. Uh-huh. Obviously we were successful. Um, but the next one, if, if we're lucky enough to ever get another one, um, I'd love it because now it's like trying to put yeah. the pieces of the puzzle from both seasons. And yeah. And I, and I feel that's the thing, like up North, the way, like you could just put in for, for like, you could, obviously you can hunt over the counter moves here too but it's a spike fork which yeah. sucks and i never i won't hunt them i just don't bother um but like up north the way we hunted them was completely different right and it was earlier and there was you know his completely different show down here you actually you yeah you, it, it it's it's hard because like i've only got out of the 10 years putting it for the dry i only got it once yeah so if that's ratio and like if you're not if you don't have the draw, you're not going to spend a lot of time learning how to hunt an animal. If you don't have the draw, you're going to be focusing your on other animals. Yeah. Um, so, but like I learned a lot this year too, hunting moose and like it's, uh, you know, I went out lots of days. I just had to be patient and wait, basically wait for them to come down to me. But I remember like I was glassing well. up high and I was seeing, I was seeing some moose up high and I see a lot of tracks. Like you could see the tracks in the snow. So you, you knew they were up there and then slowly you could see it coming down lower and lower as the snow got deeper at the higher elevations how much longer did you have in your draw from when oh. you got yours to, it was you were pushing it weren't you two days that was it hey i got yeah huh. yeah it was two days it was right down to the bitter end because i remember we, we were yeah i was i was we were talking the, that day i went out yeah. I don't remember what day it was. I think it was a weekend. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That was but... good. Yep. Let's yeah. So hopefully years. we'll see. Maybe the but I would would really like to get that uh because there's an October and a November draw. It'd be nice to get that October draw. Yeah, a little more access. Well, and you can hunt the early like you're you're gonna get October first, you're gonna get the rut, right? Yeah. So uh that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But I noticed uh did you have you have you looked through the have you looked through the LEH regs at all? Not much. I just looked up my code, just like I said, just to get my group going. Yeah, I know it's hard because uh, you always just look up like what you're interested in. So yeah, I was kind of like going through the seven B stuff. Sometime this weekend, I'm in camping this weekend, so 
I've got the I've got the synopsis downloaded and I'll yeah. flip through it while I'm out there and just kind of have some reading material then and see what's around and yeah yeah it's not like they're giving out you know 7b it still has it still has a lot of bull opportunities through the leh um yeah but i think they still have to go through it's not like leh down here where it's any bull they still have to do their antler restrictions just like general used to be 10 point tripom or spike fork yeah they still have to count yeah, there is. Uh, well, there there's a lot of asterisks on them here, and the asterisk is open for bull moose having no more than two points yep. on one antler. Yeah, spike fork bull having having antlers with at least three points tines on the brow tine. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So it's just a shame that, I mean, at least there's, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, at least there's some opportunity up there. But man, did the government ever screw up the screw things up up there and for no reason like it's just again science like yeah well there is there is it's it's actually it's not too bad i mean if you look at if you're looking around i mean for the where it has to have you know spike fork it is a small percentage of the draw of the units to be drawn for the lah yeah yeah because i just i just noticed it affects everybody else too like i ran into a lot of groups last year who were elk hunting while we were moose hunting who had never been down in our area before. They just heard about it. And the only reason they were down there is because they couldn't go up north anymore. Or for their moose. Like they that was their family trip was for moose. Fill yeah, because it was over the counter. Yeah. And they could just go up there and fill their freezers if they were successful. And yeah. So now it's like we're getting flooded with other people who wouldn't normally be down here and in an already hard hit area. Right. You know, everybody, all the power to everybody, you know, come spend your money in the area. Yeah. And I feel that the South, Southern part of the province, I think that was kind of felt all over. They seen a lot of new, newer people in areas that generally were going up North. Yeah. And hopefully they saw what we've been talking about, not just trying to keep you away, but it's not the same anymore. It's sad. It's, it's hard, hard hunting down here now. Not just the terrain, but the animals just are not what they used to be. Mm-hmm. So, is what yeah. it is. Unfortunately, everyone's looking for yeah to fill their freezer. And there's, I mean, what we've talked about it before, all the predators. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like to get out for my bear. I think I'm gonna have to. <clears throat> we'll have to see what's going on. I might end up having to try to take my bear with a rifle here, or at least one tag next week or something. I told you I was taking the bow out tonight to the range, throw some yeah. broadheads on and just see how things are. And man, second shot at 30 yards. I did a small adjustment, like teeny, teeny microscopic adjustment, bringing my broadhead and my field point together. Yeah. Oh man, flew beautifully. Boom. Inch and a half, two inches tops away. And I was like, all right, close enough. I can push it out to 40 now. And then yeah. I'll make another small adjustment if needed dude right down the pipe with my field point right in the right in the bullseye broadhead looks good at first and does this funky weird flight pattern to the right and i sat there and i was like what the fuck just happened happened to me once a year or two ago as well yeah and i was like but i was done with this so i was like all right went and got it came back shot again this time 
still over like eight inches, but still the same flight. Looks good off mm-hmm. the get go. Felt nice break. And it's like going down the middle, and all of a sudden it does this freaking hook to the right, eight mm-hmm. inches out. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I thought, well, maybe something wrong with the head. You know, maybe because these are my brand new arrows that are super straight. Like these things are flying nice. Uh-huh. So I grab a second broadhead just to eliminate that possibility. Haven't changed anything else. 40 yards. Dude, that fucker sliced the strap that was holding the outside of the target there. Like it was nine inches out, 10 inches out to the right. And in the exact same flight, like looking good. And literally I'm watching it and it just went. Hooks. Maybe when it's slowing down. I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, maybe when it or so and then so I thought, okay, maybe some hand torque, something like that. So put away the broadheads just for a second. I just I've got a dozen arrows out there. So I just start shooting at the static target right beside it, the 40 yard. Man, I am piling those things on the fletchings touching all with perfectly with my field tips and no hand torque showing on those arrows. They're all impacting the target. Like when you stand in front of them and look back, they're all perfectly straight with each other and all aiming back to exactly where I was standing. So they're not doing any weird wibbling or wobbling. Broadheads can be frustrating. So these are the same broadheads you were shooting last year. Yep. And I was able to throw them out at 60 yards last year quite confidently. Yeah. And they were flying good. Right. Now is your vein setup the same? Still four vein. Yeah. Four vein is what I went to after I, because I had a couple experimental ones last year. Yeah. I was shooting threes and I had a couple fours and I thought, well, we'll just see how they fly straight down the middle. Most beautiful arrow flight I've seen. Yeah. Good steering. So that hasn't changed. Are you, so I don't do know. I, left or right? Pardon me? Are they offset or helical left, right? Well, they're only two inch veins. So as much as, you know, my, even though my jig says, you know, it's a three degree helical. Yeah, they're not. I think when yeah. it's, they're not really, it's more of an offset than anything. They're not. Is long that to the right or to the left? To the right. Right. Yeah. And it, so I don't know. I'm going to call my. So these are on, these are on those gold tip arrows you have? Yeah. Do yeah, they, sh- how do they shoot on your other your old arrows? I didn't bring any of those with me. I Try those thought. arrows. See, yeah, and all your everything's lined up the same on every arrow, yeah, yeah, and they're just consistently shooting. Well, like my broadheads that I'm shooting, my fixed they shoot six inches high to the right, yeah, like six and six high right, but like I don't really care. I saw like I shoot one broadhead, and as long as it goes. my sight is set up to that broadhead. So that's as long as that is where I want it every time my other arrows. And then I just shoot a handful of um, just field tips. Those are always low to the left. Yeah. As long as that grouping is consistent every time, I really don't care. And I wouldn't either. It was the way I watched this thing fly. If this thing had just been a bullet right to the right. All right, whatever. I just adjust my sight to the right. But it, it's actually, I don't like the arrow flight itself, like at all. And you're shooting your bow 70 pounds. Yeah. 28 and a half inch draw. And what's up front on that thing? So that's 100 grain? 125 head. Yeah. Um, And then 
I do have a 10 grade insert on these gold tips. 12 grain. Yeah. Those are the 12 grain ones. Those, yeah, well, that's the insert, but I've also got a 10 grain insert. Um, oh, like so you got 22. So I did that because it matches up pretty close to my other arrows in total weight. So if oh, I go from I one arrow to the other, they're, they're hitting pretty much exactly the same. Cause I wanted to, it's a little bit of an experiment. That was the whole point of going to the gold tip, um, yeah. fact weight system that can interchange those weights without, you know, um, uh, jumping in with two feet and being like, Oh, this is what my arrows are. Like I can take the weights in and out, play with them, see what happens. So these are really close with my other ones. And yeah, I don't know. It's weird. They're hooking right at the end. But I do remember flying. that. Yeah. And it, it's like, I say, it's not like when I, when I release, it's not like, Oh shit, that didn't feel good. It's like, no, that felt good. Yeah. And then well, you're if watching you're, if you're, if you're, Tack, if you're hitting tacks with the field tips. So what yardage, like, what are you shooting? That's at 40 yards. So 30 yards is like the f- 30 yards was money. Like it was beautiful. Right. It was like, I gave a little fist pump. I know I did. I hate to admit it, but I was like, yeah, you know, like that's, <laughs> well, that's what, that's what we all want. Right. Like <laughs> the field tips in first, that Fuck other one yeah. I watched it is like, bang. I was like, <laughs> I know it's not like dead on like wrecking arrows, but I was like, that's like, that's money. That's what I want. I knew before I even got up to it. I was like, I'm moving that target back another 10 yards and we'll just see where it flies. So it's within that 30 to 40 yards that it's doing that freaking weird, the weird hook. Did you try shooting at further distances to see what you it know, does? Look, damn near missed, I missed the target pretty much. I cut the outside strap Aim. at 40 yards. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, I, that's a, I, This is a, like a Greg Poole question, I feel. Yeah. So... My hunting partner. The only thing I can is think his... is that the arrow, when it slows down, that's why I'm curious to see what it does at further distances. Well, fuck, I'd probably be out in the freaking football field away. I'd hate to see how much farther right it would go. Well, unless that's just the arrow steering it that much. I'm not Try sure. Try shooting three veins. Yeah, I can do that. This do you week, have not, any... I don't have time to get back out there this week. I got too much on the go tomorrow night, and then I'm going out camping. Um, my hunting partner is picking up his, he was getting his bow and his kid's bow set up down at the bow shop where I get my stuff worked on. Um, and if he's Where's around, that? that's down in Jaffrey, Kootenai Archery. Right. So if he's around and if he's got 10 minutes, I might just send my bow down with him. And be like, can you just throw this in your bow vise, check it with the lasers and make sure I don't have cam lean. You just make sure everything's square with my cams. Make sure I yeah. don't need a shim kit. Uh, man, it's, I don't know. It's just, it is shooting so nice with field tips. And I do know, I mean, I, I know that fixed blades will expose the most minor things, but it's like, what minor things is it right now? What That's, that's what, my thing. What are those? Uh, those are Widow, Black Widow. Those are Black Widow innovations. It's the same broadhead that Evie shot her moose with. I put that same broad. I took it off one of my arrows and I put it on her bolt. Oh yeah, and they're made. They're not crossbow. Oh, they're freaking. Or... They're well made. Like yeah, even that's actually I, I believe what Kyle Sinclair shoots as well. If he, I think he actually shoots the exact same broadhead too. If not, it might be the neurotoxin. I don't know. The three. Maybe he know. Maybe his. They're doing the same thing. 
I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. He's he's a killer. <laughs> but it, it's just, you know, maybe if something was off after I shot my field tips, like immediately after on the, you know, just on the static target. And no, I shit you not like a two inch group, like just one on top yeah. of the other, you know, five arrows. And uh, yeah, it seems it's just like they're taken off at the end. And I'm not the kind of person that I'm not panicking, you know, like I know it happens when I first started archery, put the broadhead on to do your first shot and be like all nervous and all this kind of stuff. But I'm past that now where it's like the broadhead's just, the arrow's going to go where I'm going to put it. That, that's my mentality. Right. Yeah. Cause I remember I used to be like, Oh, I hope this goes in the same spot as my field tip. Yeah. You got to be confident that it's going to go yeah. where you want it to go every time. I mean, unfortunately with fuck man, sometimes those things just, they want to do their own thing. Yeah. So I got to figure that out. I'm not too worried right now. I've got lots of time. It's only bear season. If I got to go get a predator with my rifle, I'll go get a predator with my rifle. I'm not going to not go out, but I want to make sure I do the right stuff with that. I don't want to start tinkering with stuff I don't have to tinker with. Um, I don't think it's your bow. I think it's something to do with your arrow setup. It, it could be. And, you know, I've got some arrow. I will go to my old arrows and I'll try those. And if those shoot well, then maybe I will go down to three veins on these. Yeah. Uh, on the gold tips and just see how they. I find that too. Like a lot of the times I'll like, I always, you got, I always build the arrow to match my bow setup. Yeah. So, and it's always different. Like it always doesn't matter what, like with these, we were talking about, I don't know if we were talking about the show, or we we're just talking about it, but. I started off, so I had all my, I had four of the AE veins all left offset shooting perfectly with that omen, right? With field tips. Now, as soon as I put those wasp sharpshooters on, they want to do, they do weird things. So I went back to, to what I was shooting last year, which was offset right and they they just for some reason it's crazy they just steer so much better with a right offset vein weird yeah weird and like that is bow is throwing out big speed so i need the four veins on for extra steering but i mean it's shooting pretty good i mean i'd say four inch grouping at 70 yards i'm curious how fast this bow was we were talking about this a little while ago yeah talking sight tape set I've actually got, oh, I guess whatever you want to call it, a faster sight tape. Yeah. Which mind boggles me because I know how fast your bow is and I just assumed I was going to be below you. I'm just yeah. going whatever the bow goes to, you know, like is what it is. I'm punching X's at 60 yards, so I know I'm on. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly can... how all the sight tapes work, and I think maybe it has something to do with eye angle, like peep sight angle. Maybe. Like, I think there's a lot more into it than just actual arrow speed. Yeah. Um, because I think like you we could probably like shoot the same bow, same arrow, and I think we'd still have different sight tapes. It'd be an interesting one. Yeah. Because, because I still I mean, don't think it's possible for my bow to be shooting faster than than yours. You got no, a freaking speed bow. Like yeah, that thing's throwing all there is to it. Massive speed though. Um, but I think that has a lot to play into that. That'd be a good uh conversation for somebody who'd have to ask them. Greg would know I that wonder too. if Greg would know that 
Yeah, that guy knows everything. We've got to get him back on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. That's a tricky one. Like I said, that that's I would if it was me, I would try the three veins, throw the three veins on, go back, and maybe it's just something for right now. You just shoot. If your arrow weight's all the same, it should your arrow they should be shooting the same sight tape, right? If everything's all the same, your arrow weight's the same, the sight tape shouldn't. Well, that's the other thing too, is that my broadhead was hitting the right height. It it wasn't a height thing. It was a right to left hook, not a, there was no up and down at all. Like it was. So it wasn't your elevation, just your windage. Yeah. And it was like literally the flight path. Like if, if that was a field point, I'd be, I'd be checking that the veins I'd be checking. Like it was a weird flight path. Maybe. And it was eight inches to the right. Yeah. That was the one that hit the target, the one that missed the target and cut the strap that wraps around it for compression. Yeah. That was probably 10. Right. So did you try like just aiming to the other side of the target and shooting? No, I I didn't. I went back to field points to make sure that I was still shooting right. And I wasn't like, you know what I mean? In my head, it'd be like, if I'm just as like going back to field points and that's when I put that group at two inches, five arrows and yeah. two inches at 40 yards. And I'm like, well, and they were all perfectly in line. Cause I thought, well, maybe I'm torquing it, you know, some hand torque. It's been a long day at work. It's hot. It's 30 degrees. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's literally me. Maybe it's in my hand, man. Those other ones are just like money. But you know, two inches isn't, isn't awful for 40 yards. So if you shot the well, first one, 30 eight, yards. Okay. Well, well, when did, so you're, you were to the right eight inches, then your next shot at was. Well, okay. So I started at 30. And it was bang on. It was inch and a half. To the right. To the right. Okay. Right height, inch and a half to the right. And I was like, it's close enough that I should be able to step it back 10 yards. And then see what happens. And I make another little adjustment if need be. Because, you know, it's micro adjustments. And my first arrow freaking hit way eight inches out to the right. And I was like, what the hell? So I was like, well, I'm going to throw another one out. So and you only my step back 10, back. you're only shooting 10 yards further. 10 That's yards like difference. And I couldn't see an issue with any flight in that arrow from what I was watching at 30 yards. It looked beautiful. And that's literally why I gave a fist pump. Like I was like, that's right. Woo-hoo. Yogi, I am coming after you. You are mine. 40 yards. It's like, put away the freaking bow and arrow kid and start drinking. Cause that's about all you got going for you right now. That 10 yards is somewhere in there is what it is where you, so you just shot two and that was it. Yeah. You didn't and try then I did my group theory. and I'd already shot a bunch too. And I was helping because I was you know helping out some other people who showed up for, for uh, the 3d session tonight. Yeah. Multitasking, but what I would do is I would take my three veined arrows that you have that are the same weights, everything's the same. Shoot, take the same broadhead on, screw it off your other arrow, screw it on one of those, shoot that, see where it lands. Shoot that same arrow again a couple of times, just see where it's consistently hitting, like mark with tape or whatever you do on that target. And then put it back on that one arrow, just shoot one arrow at a time, shoot it. And just shoot it a few times, like shoot it six times, and then just see where it's hitting. Make sure that you it didn't the get three your vein head. one. Yeah, shoot the three vein one. Yeah, 
shoot that one arrow with with one just to keep one broadhead right and unscrew it out of your gold yeah. tip screw it into your your old arrow shoot that like six times mark where it's hitting consistently on the target yeah then take the the broadhead out screw back in your gold tip shoot that one now mark it consistently at 40 yards where it's hitting now if you have to aim to the aim to the left just aim to the left a bit so you so it stays on target but yeah. if it's constantly if if you shoot same arrows with the same if you shoot six arrows and all the same arrow, all the same broadhead. So there's no chance of anything being different in that arrow and it's consistently yeah. grouping. It's just to the right. Then, you know, it's not really a big deal that yeah. you just, that's where that broadhead is shoots, shoots six or shoots eight inches or 10 inches to the right. Yeah. That's what for I me, would do. And for me, I'm expecting to have to move my sights. I'm, I'm yeah. every, every year that I've shot, I have never been able to get my broadhead and field tip to join together at no. farther distances and no. i'm okay with that i don't care um let's like you say i do agree i only care that that broadheads hit in the same spot and i'll just move yeah. my sights to it i'll make a mark on my sight so it's easier for me to get back to my field points the only thing that i didn't like the look of was the flight path it wasn't like i just shot a bullet hole to eight inches to the right it was a freaking like what just happened with that arrow like you would have looked at it and you would have been like what did you just do? Yeah, it, to me, it literally did one of these. Like, uh, yeah, that seems like a steering problem. You like you haven't touched your rest at all, right? Well, I, just at the thirty yards, I did like a micro. Like, I don't even know if I did a thirty second of an adjustment just rest. for those arrows, just to come in a tiny bit, like my broadhead and my. That's how I got it there because my my first shot, I was probably three inches out. To the right at at thirty yards, right height, thirty yards to the right. Okay, well now we're talking the same lang language here. Uh that's the, the that's kind of this is this is why I like this is the reason I hate moving a rest is because you move it a little bit, and then now you never know. Do you know what I mean? What like, do you mean? Like you move your so you're shooting good right with your field tips. At 30, you were shooting good, or you didn't touch your rest. You shot one arrow, and it was 30, good. 30, I shot two arrows at the beginning. Yeah. The very first, I shot field tip. Yeah. Then I shot a broadhead. I was three yeah. inches out. Okay. I moved it not even a line, just so that the broadhead and arrow come together just a little bit more, and I didn't yeah. touch it after that. So my next okay, shot but... was inch and a half out. Yeah. Oh, I see, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's the last adjustment that I made, and it was it was beautiful. Went yeah. out to 40, shot, and it had this weird hook to it. But then I went and I shot the static bag. And I piled those five right into a two-inch circle. Now, these arrows, now, are you shooting the same arrows? Like, are you taking out the broadhead off the arrow and screwing in a field tip and shooting it? Yes. The exact same arrow? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. And when I had the first one that went eight inches wide... I was like, whoa, like I thought maybe broadhead, maybe something with my arrow, you know, like maybe a fletching or something that I can't quite yeah. see. So I took my best arrow out of my little two inch group and I put a new broadhead on that one. And it did the exact same flight pattern at 40 yards. It did the exact same hook. Yeah. I, if I was, I was just, you, I would put my rest back to where it, was, where it was originally. And then I would just try shooting a couple of my old ones. Yeah. And then I would shoot, but I would only shoot one. Like 
Because if you just shoot one arrow and one broadhead, it's going to rule rule out any inconsistency on weight or any, you know, maybe those arrows aren't spline line properly. It'll like disqualify all that if you just shoot yeah. one arrow because then it'll constantly, it should be constantly the exact same. It's always going to have the same flight pattern because it's the exact yeah. same arrow. If you start shooting like six different ones, there's always a chance that, you know, it could be something else. It could be, you know, maybe it's maybe the veins, maybe two of the veins are a little closer than two of the other veins, or maybe this broadhead's a tiny bit, tiny bit heavier, or maybe it's machined a little bit inaccurate. Never know. Yeah. Like it just rules out all those things. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. And just, just check. Maybe it's, maybe it's oversteering. Maybe it's something in your rest. I don't yeah. know. It, there's so many things. It. Just the way it piled those arrows in one right after the other. Yeah, that's right the frustrating after. thing about, and that, like we we had this conversation before and we were talking and I was like, well, now you got to put your, your, uh, your broadheads on and then it's like back to square one. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking frustrating. That's why I always shoot. That's why when I, I'll, I'll sight my, I'll, I'll sight my bow in for my broadheads or sorry uh, for my um yeah for my broadheads and i'll shoot one at the very beginning of every round i shoot one and that is on target right as long as it, yeah. I, i'm happy where it's hitting on target if it's not if i'm not happy with it i won't even shoot the field tips i'll go grab that arrow and i'll shoot it again yeah right and make sure okay does something get bumped i'll shoot it you know make sure it wasn't nothing got bumped and or because most of the time it's just the shooter and then i'll go and shoot my other arrows with the field tips on it and like I said, those are always six inches low and six inches to the left. Yeah. And I don't really care where those are hitting on the target. As long as the grouping's good, that's all that matters. Because I'm aiming at the same spot. It's just yeah. those arrows are flying in a different different way. I don't have to really touch my sight unless I'm going to like a 3D tournament or, you know, if you're constantly going back. But for myself, I, I just, next... yeah, for you, it's different, right? For yeah. me, I it's... got one next weekend, so I'm not going to, not this weekend, but next weekend I'm going down to Cranbrook. So I'll be in a 3D shoot then. Yeah. So I don't want to mess around too much for my broadheads just yet. Yeah. I'll you have to switch it back. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to be right now. I'm, I'm piling them in there, but yeah. I will try that. It doesn't hurt to, to grab one of my, well, like you said, grab one of my old arrows with the, with the four vein. That's exactly the same, but just my old arrow and then throw a three vein on there as well. Yeah. And even one of these gold tips and then just see how it, yeah, you never know. Maybe it's just maybe they're not reacting to those blazer veins like they yeah. should, or like they maybe they just don't like them. Like I said, yeah. it's funny things like my those those wash sharpshooters. They just do not like the left offset. They like it's the bizarre. right. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Weird. Yeah, well, but it was the same as last year, and I was shooting the same. I wasn't. I'm so I'm shooting those gold tips, but it's the same thing. Right, last year I was shooting the victory, but I'm still getting the same response. Now, I don't know if most people, like probably 99 out of 100 shooters, have right. Doesn't matter if they shoot right or left; they always have right offset veins. Yeah. So I don't know. It's the same way. It's exact same way. The threading goes on a on a broad, on a field tip or a broadhead. Right, it's always threaded one way. Right. So as you shoot, if you have a left, if you have a left spinning arrow and it's spinning left, your broadhead, I don't know if you've noticed, 
how much looser your broadhead is on your arrow with left with the left spinning arrow yeah. because it, it's actually unscrewing from the broadhead well mine are to the right so i never i know okay but so i've never i've never yeah i've heard about what, it yeah that's what happens to me and then you got to put a little always put a little bit you could put some wax in there or some thread lock tiny little dab and stops you from doing that i often wonder if when they machine these things if there's something machine like are the arrows cut you know the, i mean the blades cut a certain way because if you look at like the especially like the wasp stirrup shooters they're not a perfect cut triangle like a like you would think right like a knife yeah. they're kind of more cut on one side than the other so i you know maybe that has something to do with, with the, the average path. person cutting to the with with yeah right so if you're ball. shooting you know they're they're cut a certain way to you know to fly for the average shoot like how the average shooter has has your which way the average shooter's arrows are spinning yeah for some reason they always like to they always like arrows that spin to the right rather than the left those broadheads yeah it's bizarre yeah it's crazy i don't know i can't figure it out but whatever i mean i just cut them all off and spend three hours fletching them the other way you know the other thing too is uh kyle sinclair sent me a couple he had 10 extra arrows those arachnid arrows we because we shoot almost identical like virtually identical setups uh-huh. um so he sent me 10 of his old ones that he doesn't use anymore they got a wrap on the back four vein but they're sk sk2s i think sk2s should throw a broadhead in those and just see how they fly. Just out of curiosity, yeah. while I'm while I'm doing it, doesn't they hurt. have a wrap on them, right? Yeah, it's a little bit different, but again, yeah, just to see in it. But it's a slightly different shape, uh, um, vein too. So is it a shielded vein? I'll show you. Hold on a second. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. So they're shielded style. Now, I've never shot them like I've never shot. Well, I mean, I've shot these the other day, but just with field points. So, yeah. Is he hunting with those? Yeah. Um, not a lot of steering out of those. Like, no. For for a fixed blade broadhead, not a lot of steering. Yeah, they're pretty low profile. So I wouldn't doubt if that's a 3D setup. I think that's a 3D setup. I'll have to ask him. Yeah, I can't remember. Him and I were talking about it when he was on the show, and I can't remember what he's using for broadheads. Just don't remember. I'm pretty sure he's using Black Widow. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you just said that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, I think it's neurotoxins or uh, or the recluse, which is what I have. So yeah, either way, okay. I don't know. There's there's something goofy. I got lots of time. I'm only worried about elk season. I mean, I love to go out with my bow for bear. I don't get me wrong. But like I say, I feel week, for next... like, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I haven't shot a lot of bear with a boat, with a gun. So I got, I, I got to do my duty and get one down, save half the bear, donate it for our banquet for the rod and gun club. Right. What are you going to do with the uh, rug? Can you do anything with it? No. Nope. I'll just make a skull. I'm not interested. We got some friends that'll do some stuff that, uh, in the band and stuff they'll oh, yeah i'm sure they'll want it to do something with it i'm not in yeah i've got no room or interest in a rug yeah so yeah no i'm literally 
spare bratwurst, ham, and then save the other half for the rod and gun club and feed her can do whatever, whatever she'd like. Yeah. When we had Simon on, he texted me after and he's like, oh, he's like, oh, I forgot this mess. I forgot this recipe. He must have listened to the podcast and, and like oh, okay. all of a sudden things started clicking because it was like, I listen, I forgot this one. I forgot this recipe. I forgot this recipe. And he's oh, like, <laughs> he had a few that he's like, you have to get me back on because I uh, I forgot to write them. Man, that, that's, the, that's the cool thing about bears. Like how is the cooking aspect? And that's. That's, I think, so much. Yeah, it'd be nice to do a show just on all, like, not even just a show, like an actual show, just on Cooking Bear. Yeah. Like an actual show you could sit there and visually watch and be like, um, yeah, Mike should do that. He should be good. Yeah. Talk to him about that. Yeah, like have it on his cut right app. Yeah. Where where he shows how to to field dress it, process it, and then have somebody there cooking it yeah it'd be i tried to buy some of his hats today but they, he wouldn't they don't ship him to canada oh so let's give him grinding his gears oh man yeah you know his kids actually uh he's actually moving to penticton oh really yeah what for hockey he got part nice. of he got in in with the hockey program down there so good for him hey, he called me a couple weeks ago yeah, that's crazy. awesome have you messed around with that Onyx yet, app at all? Uh, I did a little bit. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I was going to mess around with it more actually out in the field, but I have not made it out into the field. Yeah, hold on a <laughs> sec. Yeah, it looks like it's got some pretty cool features. Um I just haven't had enough time to sit down and actually go through them and like yeah. break them down and see what I can actually do with the app. Um, there's you some pretty the swag, cool stuff on there. The swag they sent us. I got to I got to send That's you nice. this box. I'm going to show everybody here just cause there's for the That's people sweet, watching. Yeah. XL big enough for you. Oh fuck man. I'm all trimmed up lost <laughs> weight. Yeah. So you just got to fit those arms. That's all. <laughs> yeah that's what Kazi gives me a jacket a couple weeks ago or maybe it was longer than that and he's like hey man you want this jacket it's really sweet i'm like oh yeah why don't, you don't want it he's like oh man i love this jacket it's just uh it's uh it doesn't fit my shoulders <laughs> <laughs> I'm like fuck you man I what are you saying it. saying i got small shoulders you fucker fuck you. <laughs> yeah it's just it's it's fit for a little guy yeah, oh, yeah there you go. <laughs> that's hilarious fucking guy it doesn't he can't button it up that's why he gets too big uh, i gotcha gotcha <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm generally a large in most things unless you know it's like an outer coat or something that i plan on you know if it's for hunting late season i want it a little bit big so that i can layer underneath it i yeah. don't want it tight that's all yeah anyway i told those guys i told when he asked me what size i just said extra large, but they fit kind of oh, yeah. tight so he sent me some large but they're awesome cool tight um so thanks to those guys. But yeah, I, I've been messing around more and more with that Onyx app. It's pretty f- fucking cool. Yeah. Um, normally, so normally what I do with my apps is I'll have like Google. Google Earth is pretty much like for the 3D, Google Earth is hard to beat. Yeah. And then I'll have like Backroads Maps. Yeah. Onyx. Or not Onyx, sorry. Um, iHunter. And like 
Onyx isn't better. Like it's three just 3D maps aren't better than Google. It's private land uh, access, private public land um, information isn't as good as iHunter. And it's backroads maps, like show roads access and stuff like that isn't as good as backroads maps. But I mean, if you had to pick, like for, in terms of just like one app that's good, at has a lot of good features, Onyx has a lot of really good features. And it's yeah. like, they're an American company. We're in Canada. Backroads maps, like, 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 there's twenty it's minutes well away. Done. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like backroads maps, they're they're twenty minutes away is where the warehouse is. You know, we've had Mark on the show before. Like, I love supporting Canadian guys and Canadian brands, but um, like the i the i fuck, I can't even talk right now. The Onyx app is pretty damn good. It's pretty like, well rounded. Yeah, from like, what I've from what I've gone through on it. Yeah, exactly. And I yeah. think there's stuff yeah, the public land thing. Like I can't speak for the Alberta version, Saskatchewan, all that because that's a whole nother ball game yeah. with all the farmers, all that kind of stuff. Well, and if you like, you is... go on iHunter app. Like I've hunted in Alberta. It's nice because it actually like iHunter will show you who owns it and their phone and give their information and phone number on there. Or it doesn't okay, do that in BC. No, it'll give you their uh, personal identification number, and that's it. Yeah. So you can't, I mean, you can go a long way around. I think you can pay some money and go to the government and you can get some sort of contact info, not necessarily their phone number. I don't know. It, it, yeah. I, I it must be different it. legislation laws for each province. I think yeah. that's why, that's why um, some haven't, some don't. Yeah. So I can't, yeah, can't really speak for another province because you'd have to have a Alberta user compare it to their stuff and, uh, and be like, okay, what do you have, you know, comparing apples to apples then? Yeah. That's the only thing, but it'll be interesting once I start uh, putting trail cameras up. I got a few new spots I want to go try and go hike up. Yeah. Um, I'm going to see what it can do up in those areas. Yeah. So um, like the caching, like the layers, caching maps is, is unreal on these, on this app. It's just okay. awesome. And like they have a high, they have it so you can have topo hybrid or satellite it has 2d 3d i mean like i said the 3d it's not it's not as good as google but it's pretty damn good and like the thing about this app is like how easy it is to use now one of the things i hate about google is like I, I'll be doing something. I'll be trying to zoom in and like my thumbs will, will swipe on the screen and all of a sudden it'll like do something really weird. And I'm like, fuck, what did I just do? And then I have to shut yeah. the app down and restart it just to get out of this funky little thing that I'm in that I don't know how to get into. Where like with the Onyx, like you can put it, you can, it's just so much easier to use and navigate and access through. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I haven't looked. Do they have a little weekend. tutorial or anything built into the app for you can and like all this stuff is all this information is available on their website too. And like That's I said, good. I so I've only used it sitting in, you know, sitting here talking to you and like pissing around, you know, when I'm sitting yeah. on the couch. 
And it's a lot different actually using something in the field as than it is when you're sitting in, on a couch using it, right? Yeah. Or sitting in front of a computer screen when you're like, oh, okay, well, that's how you do that. That's how you do it. Because like for me, fuck, I can't remember all that stuff that the guy just said. Like, yeah. So it being simple and accessible and easy to use is is important to me. And like, like I said, this it's pretty good, and it shows like. It even shows like like I was looking for my goat draw like because I was thinking maybe switching up a goat draw so I went into yeah. like um, into region four and like the sub regions and stuff and it has all that information and it's super easy and then you can sh- you can just hit like the hybrid or you can hit the topo on the two D and then I'll show you like um, you know mountain ranges and it has them all named and yeah no it's pretty good man uh, I'm pretty excited to get out and uh, and piss around with it this weekend. One thing, pay attention, because in case you get out before I do, well, you will this weekend, actually. Um, one thing I'm, the most important thing I think is iHunter will track you, even if you're out of service. Oh, yeah. Even if you haven't cached a map. If you're lost okay. and you're looking at this zoomed out map yeah. and you're like, fuck, what road do I take? Yeah. Or did I take the wrong one? You, It yeah. will track you. So yeah. I'd be really interested to see if Onyx still tracks you as you're going. Uh, yeah. Because I so think this that's one a does, really important feature. This one does have a tracker. Okay. So, But does it work offline is what I'm curious. Yeah, about. that's the question. So all you do is this, this you can't see on that computer screen, but you hit start yeah. and it starts tracking. And that tells you okay. the distance you've gone in yard, like in time, speed, all that stuff. Um, see, like now it's showing a little blue dot. Same as iHunter, same as Backroads maps, right? Like, um, shows you what direction you're heading. But like I, like you said, it's really interesting to see if it does that when I get out of cell service. Yeah. So I'm going to, uh, like I said, I'm going to mess around with it lots this weekend. Yeah. And uh, and uh, next time we're on the show, um, we'll Thank talk you. about it. Give yeah. me a little run down there too. Yeah. Cause by then I should at least be having some other trail cameras yeah. out where I've got half ass service, half ass not. Yeah. Um, and it'd be nice too, if they got, uh, if they got on it, cause I know like they're still having issues with, um, getting it. Like it's not available to everyone in Canada yet. Um, oh, it's not. No, not yet. They're still having issues with it. Um, so like provinces get... or no, like just getting accepting payment for, Canadian payment and like oh, getting it okay. set up. Um, so they said they were going to give us a, a, a promo, give us a promo code to pass on to our listeners. So, I mean, um, for those listening who want to try it out soon as it comes out, we'll let you guys know. But I mean, for the most part, man, this thing is, it's pretty kick-ass. And like I say, you know, I, I love, you know, um, the Canadian boys, you know, uh, backwards maps and I hunter. And I still think those are great apps, but um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a pretty good app for sure. It's we like getting every advantage we can when it comes to tracking down those animals. Yeah, and if I can find one or two bonus things about one app or another, I'm yeah. gonna take advantage of it. End of story. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, it's like you can. The nice thing is you can play with some of the features they have available down in the states too, and all the same features that are available in the states are available on the Canadian aspect. It's the same app. It's essentially you just click over. There's these little toggles and you just toggle over. Um, fuck, I toggled and I got to toggle back on. So, so like 
they have Alaska, Arizona. So if you're hunting Alaska, you just turn Alaska on, right? And it would show yeah. everything for that app. Canada doesn't, they don't have one for province specific in Canada yet. It just shows Canada and it's the same all over, but all the same features are available. Like, I don't know a whole bunch on it. They said they'd give us a tutorial. So maybe we'll have to do that. Maybe we'll yeah. do that online. Uh, once they get it, once it becomes accessible to uh, Canadians, maybe we'll get the, we'll get the boys on and, yeah, they can do maybe at that point too, then they'll start getting some reviews from different provinces and be able to, you know, yeah. beef it up for whatever is lacking in, you know, every province is a little different. So, yeah, you know, one of the so. cool things I really like about this app is like they've got so much stuff down in the States and you have access to see it all. So like I was looking through some of the stuff they have, like they got, you know, they got the Fort Bridger Treaty of 1883 and how that like the detail on that and where that affects them, like how it affects different areas. Like there's so there's or how it affects access. Right. And there's man, there's just, it's no wonder it's so popular down in the States. Yeah. They got like the Rocky mountain elk foundation. They got pheasants forever. Like slope angles. Oh, you can put that on. I had that off, but that should be on. Um, Yeah. There's just so much crazy stuff. Um, Like, like they got timber cut details, historical wildfire details, acorn producing oat details. Like, I guess those for the white uh, whitetail hunters, right? What areas produce the most acorns and stuff like that? I think deciduous was, tree. Deciduous that was tree. one that I turned on for around here because I figured that'd be a big one for yeah, for, dis- well, yeah. for all of them for all the yeah. ungulates. Yeah, if you could find big patches of deciduous and stuff. Like yeah, that. deciduous tree distribution, thermal deer cover, U.S. crop distribution, young aspen forest, wetland. Like, man, they just got a lot of stuff on here. Now, obviously, they're not going to have all. When you click on these, it's obviously not all of it's going to be relevant to Canada just because obviously they don't have that information yet. But I feel like it's something that they're eventually going to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the trails and roads. Yeah, they got they got all that road areas, road access. Like I said, they do have um, like forestry roads and stuff, same as back roads, mass, but it's not as good. As yeah. back roads maps but it's one of those things right like you're not going to get the best of all three in one but when it comes to if you're just going to have one i feel like this yeah this one's pretty damn good um but anyway this will wrap it up hey eh? i see it's starting to get dark behind you and i gotta go shoot dude that's a giant storm moving in i can hear the oh, is thunder it? rolling yeah that's not just oh, getting fuck. dark that's like storm clouds moving in all right <laughs> well anyway we've been talking long enough all right, bud. Great, hey, man. Talk to you later. Yeah, later. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to the Focus Hunting Podcast. Coming at you as part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. I want to take a quick sec and make a huge shout out and say thanks to the sponsors of this show, uh, starting with BC's premier archery shop, Hardcore Archery, located right here in Kelowna, British Columbia. Um, AKU Boots, they've uh, they've been supporting the show for a while now. Uh, both Pete and I, we've been running these boots for well over a year. You know, hunting in BC, we face probably the harshest backcountry environment in the world. We've got deserts, Rocky Mountain, extreme coastlines, you name it. Uh, and these are the only boots that have lasted me more than one hunting season. So, you know, they're definitely worth the investment. You owe it to your feet to uh, use AKU Boots. Uh, use promo code FOCUS and get 15% off right. Uh, they're probably going to cringe because I always pronounce the name wrong, but uh, it is what it is. Onyx Maps, now available in Canada. Stay tuned, guys. We've partnered up with Onyx, and we're going to be getting you guys some more information on Onyx and their mapping system for Canada. 
Uh, for those of you in the US who've already got access to it and most likely been using the app, Pete and I got early access to this app and to be honest, it rocks. Um, but like I said, we're gonna get you more information on that and we're gonna be able to get you guys a little bit of discount. Um, so lastly, if you guys could please leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening, we really appreciate the support. Love you guys, until next time, thanks. Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.